0: L D E J A N E I R O Soldejaneiro. dot com and use the code ACast ten for ten percent off. You are a You ooh,
2: you ooh are a natural
3: beauty. Natch, you, Natch, you, Natch, you. Oh yeah! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Natch Beauty. I'm going to throw a little intro on the top of this episode because I feel I need to share something. I need to acknowledge something. And it's most likely not what you think. You're probably going, what? Oh my gosh, what now? I just wanted to point out that Natch Butte has gone over 200 episodes. And I am embarrassed to say that I actually, at this moment, don't know how many episodes there have been. And there are a couple of reasons for that. Number one no one else is here right now but me. I'm the only person running Nash Butte. So I don't have anybody to bounce off of. So I'm kind of making all these decisions myself. So normally I would have somebody here and I go, hey, do you think I should count many episodes as episodes? And then they would say to me, maybe not, or oh yeah. So nobody's here to help me. I'm just going to make a definitive choice that many episodes don't count as episodes in Nash When I say episodes, I mean the full length Thursday episodes where I have a guest. I mean, although I do some by myself on occasion, but the Thursday main episodes of Butte. there have been over 200 episodes. I have lost count. At some point, there was a changing of the guards. I stopped putting numbers in front of them. I just tried to count them. I kept losing count. Certain episodes, maybe I'd put out like a 15 minute episode over, you know, over the break of the summer or something a couple of times. I don't know. But And also, to be honest, there's been a couple episodes that I have erased off of the feed that are no longer there. They're gone. You might still have them somewhere on your iCloud or whatever, but I have chosen to remove them from my feed for whatever reason. So, should I count those as episodes if they don't exist anymore? I'm telling you, there's a lot going on. So basically, I'm choosing this moment to celebrate and acknowledge that there have been 200 episodes of Natch Butte. I plan on doing something at some point to celebrate this because this is a a momentous occasion. There are a lot of podcasts out there. People get bored with them. They realize, oh, this is a lot of work and this isn't a get-rich-quick scheme after all. Or they get bored with it. They bail. You know, listen, I don't judge anybody. I hear you. So you have the right to stop your show whenever you want. But I'm just saying, I have kept this going for four years now and 200 episodes I have always been the kind of person that I never pat myself on the back. I don't acknowledge things when they happen exciting for me. I downplay success. And there's lots of reasons why, sweetie, okay, we could unpack a lot of that if we'd want to, but there's no need. Just know that I have a hard time doing that, but it is an accomplishment. And I am proud to say Natribute has 200 episodes in the can, and I'm celebrating that right now in my own way with the honeys. So I just wanted to say hello and thank you to all the honeys for listening to Natchview. I know I do that semi-often. I am very grateful and I make that known, but this is a very big deal. This is exciting. And I'm sitting here today just reflecting upon the last four years of my life. And it wouldn't be the same without Natchview. And I honestly don't even know what it would have entailed if it wasn't for Natchview coming into my life and the honeys embracing it and it taking off and it becoming my living that's very, very powerful. I take note of that. I see that and I celebrate that today and I am very grateful. So thank you. If you're listening to this right now, thank you. If you're listening to this because you hate me, thank you. Your downloads count the same. Okay. So I appreciate your time regardless. And if you don't hate me and you support me, thank you. Thank you. I can't even tell you. I mean, if you've been listening to Natribute since the beginning, you know that Honey, things have taken a turn. I mean, when I started this show, I was a completely different person than I am now. And I was a great person. I was a fun person. But I have done so much work on myself. I have completely changed my life in many ways. I've cut toxicity out. I have gotten boundaries. I have gotten the help I need for my mental health. and. I have empowered a lot of other people along their self-care's journey and that is really important to me. I had to say something. I had to say thank you and how grateful I am. After 100 episodes, I recorded Bocramium Snatch City and I'm working on something for the 200 episodes that will be coming out at some point. I'm going to drop it as a surprise. You know, It'll be like, oh, happy 211th episode or whatever. I am working on it. Some days are harder than others for me. Taking on the entire production of this show during COVID and quarantine, it has been a challenge. And I, again, am acknowledging this because, again, I am grateful that all of you have decided to stick with Nat Tribute through all of this. I know it's, it hadn't been super fun every time. I know, oh, sometimes it sounds like my guest is rummaging through a forest. Sometimes it sounds like my microphone is inside of my mouth. These are the things and the challenges that I have had to deal with and face and learn from. And soon, honey, I can sniff the studio coming. It will be over soon. We will be able to have a in-person interview in a lovely studio with professional microphones and an engineer helping me. Those are all coming soon, honey. Okay? Tony Thaxton just got his, his vax. Maybe I'll have him come over and, and mess with my equipment. I don't know. Everything's going to be great. And I just want to say, I'm so grateful that you've been here for me throughout this entire wild journey of four years of NachiView, how many conversations I've had, how many products we've heard about, you know, how it's just been, it's truly wild. It really is. And the fact that I have this four years of my life documented, recorded like this, I have a feeling that someday I will go back and listen to these and just treasure them. Treasure this little slice of time in life. And I'm grateful that I have that. And I also just want to say, like, the past year has been so, so difficult for everyone. Very difficult for me. I have been having a pretty hard time, if I'm being honest. I really feel like when it hit, like, the year of, like, quarantine anniversary, I really, really had a hard time. I just was like, I cannot believe that I lost a year of my life. It's what it feels like. And I was already sort of feeling like I had missed out or feeling like my timeline was slow in life for a lot of the things I want to accomplish. And, and having a whole year taken from me really is painful. And, and, and I'm trying to, like, accept that. And not let that totally destroy me. And I'm acknowledging this because, again, I know a lot of you probably feel the same way. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that 2019, I started that year. And I honestly was, I was at the darkest time of my entire life. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had to essentially start my life over. And having gone through a horrific trauma of my marriage ending... And the circumstances around that, I looked at, I was on the ground. And I looked up and I was just like, okay, it's time to heal. It's time to take some time for myself and find the joy and do the work. And so I did that. So 2019, that was what the year was for me. It was sort of a restorative year for my personal life and my personal well-being. So 2020 now 2020 was going to be lit. I was like, this is the year, honey. This is the year for an attribute. We are going to get a new home. We are going to go on tour. We are going to put all of our efforts into marketing and getting the best guests ever and like hitting the road and meeting the honeys and giving all the honeys a hug and thanking them and looking them in the eye and telling them how wonderful they are and and the wonderful presence they've been for me. That was all going to happen in 2020. And then, of course, that didn't happen. So... I had to accept that and move on and make the best of it. And, and that's what I've been doing. But it's painful. It's painful that that didn't happen. And I really hope that the momentum of the show is not totally gone. I've been trying to keep it fun and exciting. And just let me tell you, honey, the fire under my little butt for the future is bright. My fire under my butt is bright, honey. It is bright as the brightest under eye from the best serum so I, I'm so grateful that I've gotten to be here for y'all as a source of joy, as a source of fun, as a source of information for the past four years, but really the past year. I know we need a laugh sometimes. We need a laugh. We need to just listen and talk about cream. I need that for my mental health, and I know that y'all do too. And so the fact that I've gotten to be there for y'all through this crazy year, it's so powerful. And I don't take it for granted for one friggin' minute, hunty. Okay? So just listen to me when I say that. Now, I hope this is the last time I'm going to say this. It might not be. But the uh, audio for this upcoming episode ain't great. And it's 100% my fault. I got a new microphone and I was talking too close to it. But it's okay. It's not that bad. I've learned. And trust me, it's going to be better on my end from here on out. This interview is fantastic. It is fantastic. I feel like when I have a big announcement or I cry and I share something with y'all, I only put that on episodes where the guest is awesome. And this episode is awesome. It's pretty light on makeup and cream. But honey, we talk about all kinds of other things, okay? We talk about what you put on your face when you walk in the room with Michelle Obama. We talk about speech writing. We talk about implementing a spiritual practice in your life. We talk about all these Really beautiful things. And I love Sarah Hurwitz. I love her. And you're going to love her too. So I chose this episode to make this announcement. Happy 200 episodes in attribute. If you've been there with me throughout any of this, I'm so fucking grateful. I'm so grateful. I look forward to whatever the future holds for attribute. Hopefully I will get to lick all of you soon. I will get to hold your hands. I'll get to snuggle up to you. And it's going to be beautiful. And speaking of beautiful, I just want to say you are beautiful. The Nash community is beautiful. The pets that you own are beautiful. I was just texting with some of the honeys and I asked them if they could send me photos of their pets because Choo Choo wasn't feeling well. And I'm telling you, I've never seen more exquisite cats, I've never seen more beautiful dogs. So not only are we all hot, but our pets are hot too. And that's beautiful and that's powerful. So I just want to say shout out to all the honeys out there. Shout out to all your pets and your loved ones and your children and your spouses and your partners. The world can be ugly, but honey, we do everything we can to make it more snatched. And that is what Beauty is all about. So thank you for 200 episodes. I will do some kind of fun, exciting recap of some kind sooner than later. If you have any ideas, let me know, because I would love an idea. Thank you for hanging in there with me during this year of quarantine and scratchy microphones and buzzing cords and bad editing as I figure out what I'm doing. It's going to be, seriously, seriously, it's going to be so good. Like, it's going to be so good, like, coming up. So (laughs) thank you for hanging in there with me. And please enjoy this episode with Sarah Hurwitz.
2: Nice to meet you. How's your skin? I could show you a whole routine. Serum, toner, oil, cleanse. Saw you there? And I thought, oh my God, look at that face. You look like a Natch, honey. Got neck cream. Want to play? Oh, like and comment. Use code Natch. We do quizzes from a magazine it funny makes you cry and i know you heard about Natch, So hey let's be friends i'm dying to see you cream your neck grab your sunscreen and my hand cuz i can make your fringe look fresh for a weekend so i'm gonna pop forever or i'm gonna go down in flames you can tell me when it's over the review is worth the pain got a long list of my products some say that i'm insane you know I love the serums, and you love the creams! Cause we're young and we're gorgeous, we'll take this way too far It'll leave you so snatched, or oh, with an empty jar Got a long list of my products, they'll tell you I'm insane But I am a Natch Butte baby,
3: and I'll slay the game Welcome to Natch Butte everybody, welcome to Natch Butte. The beauty podcast where we declare power. We are beautiful. We are powerful. And we want to shout it from the roof because we are loving life, honey. Welcome to Nantribute. I am your host, Jackie J. The beauty talk, shock jock, your queen of creams, your host with the most serums, the freshest fringe on the West Coast, your favorite over 30 niche influencer and your kooky Southern (laughs) Jewish aunt. Yes, I've added the word Jewish since I bought my sweatshirt. But you know what? I'll get new ones printed. Welcome to Nashview. I am your host. I am your guide. And as you know, I do not have a co-host. So every episode, I have somebody else here with me. And we have a lovely discussion about all kinds of things: beauty, self-care, skincare, makeup, hair, bodies, lifestyle, religion, whatever comes to mind. And my guest today, honey, I am very excited to have her. Her parents must be very proud. Her parents must just brag about her and tell everybody what their daughter is up to because my guest today, I'm just going to give you a brief kind of resume just so you to get us all in the mood. Okay, my guest today is a speech writer, which is a very cool job. But she is a graduate of Harvard College and Harvard Law School. And then she was a lawyer in Washington, D.C. And then she became Deputy Chief Speechwriter for Senator John Kerry's 2004 presidential campaign. And then she became Chief Speechwriter for Hillary Clinton during her 2008 presidential primary campaign. And then she became Senior Speechwriter for President Obama's 2008 campaign. And then she started working in the White House, right? She was Senior Speechwriter for President Barack Obama for two years. Then I'm going to do a lot of thens. She became head speechwriter for First Lady Michelle Obama from 2010 to 2017. Honey, can you even? Can you even? <laughs> can you even?
2: Then
3: she wrote a book that I love. And it is right here. Y'all can't see it, but it is right here. She wrote a book, and it is called Here All Along, Finding Meaning, Spirituality, and a Deeper Connection to Life in Judaism After Finally Choosing to Look There. <sighs> And as you know, if you listen to Nashville, I have converted to Judaism. I've been Jewish for about four weeks now. And the first literature I read about the Jewish faith was this book. And I know a lot of my honeys read it because of me. And we, I talked about it on the show and on my Instagram. and. This book is lovely, and we're going to talk about the book, and we're going to talk about her career. and We're going to talk about her beautiful eyebrows and hair and skin. We have so many things to discuss. Jewish self-care, Capitol Hill self-care, speech tips. Please welcome my wonderful guest, Sarah Hurwitz. Welcome, oh. Sarah, to an attribute.
4: I have never, in every podcast or whatever I have done, I have never gotten an intro like that. No one has ever sung to me. No one's ever done the and then. That wow I, I mean wow do you have this notes is,
3: should we take I mean, this on the road i
4: kind of think i want to just record this and play it for myself daily yeah. just like as a morning routine as like a self-care yep. thing like,
3: i've gotten that before and i am available <laughs> and i i have been in you know i have in-laws in the area that you live so i will be around i could go out your window you know, I could I could put a boombox over my head.
4: I'm on the eighth floor. So, okay. you know what? I think you could do it. I think you could do it. Like a little climbing My voice equipment. projects. Yeah. So yeah. that does not intimidate
3: me in any way.
4: Oh, my God. You're awesome. <laughs> I'm so psyched to be here. Good. That's what fun. I wanted. Welcome, Sarah to
3: It's It's so wonderful to see you in person because this book was instrumental in my conversion. And... So I I read this book all summer. I would go back to it. It's all highlighted. I have here my notebook with all my notes. I would discuss it with my rabbi. I would discuss it with my in-laws. I would read parts of it out loud to my family. Oh, my gosh. I love your book. And it's an honor to have you here.
2: Oh, thank
4: you. It's an honor to be here.
3: Our first question on attribute is always what type of skin do you have? So I would just like to ask you that.
4: So I think I have combination skin. Mm -hmm. I think. I think it's a little oily sometimes a little dry yeah yep. combination
3: yep is it is it sometimes all oily or sometimes all dry or are certain parts of it dry and certain parts of it are oily it is like,
4: It is truly combination yeah like some parts are oily some parts are dry it's a weird you know you gotta yes it's challenging
3: have you have do you feel that as you've matured into womanhood it has gotten more combination and kind of unpredictable because that's what's happening to me i'm like what is every day is something different
4: yes and every season is something different too right that's one of the things where it's like winter is one thing and summer is another and like day to day oh that
3: dc summer is real
4: oh it is no joke the
3: moisture i did not realize that it was so moist in the air oh it
4: is you can like cut the air with a knife some days you sure can who knew
3: i did not
4: i grew up in boston so this was definitely a new experience
3: for yes me. well listen we're doing the best we can sarah do you remember the first beauty product that you ever bought or used
4: i think it was wet and wild nail polish <laughs> yes actually. i think it was and it may have even been a glittery one
3: Yeah. Like way back in the
4: day like in the 80s it was probably kind of neon colored yeah that's probably what happened
3: and you know they still have nail polish to this day
4: they do, right? It they make me me a feel...
3: really great fast coat, like a, you know, quick dry. Uh,
4: really? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Okay. Yep. I should check w- them out. Oh,
3: Wet n Wild has stepped their shit up. <laughs> like, they have. In... <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, it was, you know, the cheapest one at the store. Exactly. And it, and it was fine. But no, they've stepped their shit up. Nice. So, okay, good. So first tip you've learned today.
4: Seriously. This is great. I'm writing that down.
3: Perfect. Okay. Sarah, do you have a favorite speech that you've seen that you didn't write? And this doesn't have to be a live speech. This could be a character in a cartoon, a movie. Like, is there a speech that sort of inspires you?
4: You know, I have been super inspired in recent years by speeches given by young women. Oh Yusuf Like yes. Malala Yousafzai, Greta Thurnbury, the you know, the kids who've been fighting for you know gun safety reform.
3: Oh, Emma, like, Emma Gonzalez. Emma
4: Gonzalez. Oh. Like just the the passion, the authenticity, the realness. Like these kids are never like middle class families or the heart of the American middle class right. dream. Like they don't do these like dumb sound bites. They are just they're fresh, they're vivid, they're real, they're emotional, and I think they are awesome. I I have just been loving listening to these amazing, badass activist young women.
3: What a f- freaking great answer because I was going to be like um remember Regina George and Mean Girls like yeah screw that that's incredible <laughs> Emma Gonzalez literally put chills down my spine these yes. young people you're right they're sort of like breaking the rules quote-unquote yes. and just like yes. authenticity and, and going in there with just like this is how I'm feeling I'm upset
4: yes yes and it's, it's not like polished or poll tested or like all scripted and perfect, right. you know, it's raw, it's edgy. And it, it, it breaks through like that line that Mrs. Obama came up with herself, by the way, not my line that when they go low, we go high. You know, that's what I think these young women are doing. Like they're going out there and they are speaking with passion and authenticity and fierceness, but they're never cruel. They're never mean or bigoted. They don't, call, you know, they don't call names. They just speak with this incredible passion and a lot of love actually. And respect. Yes. it's awesome to watch
3: and i just want to say that you do discuss that line in this book and about 10 of my listeners i I do a text feature with some of them and they literally were like oh my god can we hear about when they go low we go high and i was like she actually talks about it in her book
4: (laughs) i would love to take credit for that line but i can't because she came up with it
3: and you know what that's that says a lot about you as a person that you didn't say yeah you know what i took that that's me honey
4: I mean Michelle Obama knows who she is and she knows what she wants to say. So being her speechwriter it is about listening and channeling. You're not scripting, Oof. you're not putting words in someone's mouth, you are channeling them. And so, yeah, and she's she's pretty amazing.
3: I want a speechwriter.
4: <laughs> right? I think totally
3: that's all. so cool. I, yeah, every morning have somebody just hand me a script. Mm-hmm. Actually, this whole show is scripted. You're doing a great job reading all the lines, by the way. I can't even Thank tell you. you're reading them.
4: I mean, it's amazing. Like, it's a lot. That was a long script you sent me. Yeah, I like, well,
3: I was up all night, so you're I'm demanding. happy.
4: It's a lot, but I, you know, I'm here you're to reserve. You're doing great. Thank you. Thanks. Sarah,
3: my last warm-up question that I ask every guest is, what is your favorite thing about yourself?
4: Oh, you know, I think I like my warmth.
3: Like, I think I'm a warm
4: person and I try to make people feel welcome and comfortable and not judged. I fail often in that mission, but I, I try. And I think that's something I like about myself.
3: You're warm. That's warm. I love that. I'm going to come up with some kind of warm song for the oh front gosh. of this episode now. And I did sing Casey Musgrave's Slow Burn, which you could yes. argue burning is warmth. It
4: is. And the way you say warmth, it just makes me think of like a fireplace and an afghan oh, and a yeah. cozy
3: couch. Some s'mores yeah. going. Oh, hot cocoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Feeling it. Oh, Sarah. It. We have so much to discuss. Your career. I mean, nobody could say it isn't fascinating. I, I always say a uh, high school reunion job because you go to your high school reunion and you're like, what can I say that I am that's going to make me sound really accomplished and cool? And truly, <laughs> there's nothing cooler than I write speeches for the first lady. I mean, that. So was speech writing always a career goal? Was this something that as a little girl, you were like, you know, I want to write speeches.
4: You know, it wasn't. And I have to be honest, like when when people read my resume, especially with the like and then thing, it sounds like it was this linear series of orderly successes. Yes, it sounds like you got tagged
3: in and out. Like they were like, hey, you're up, kid. Next job.
4: And, like, people will sometimes talk about their lives that way, where they're like, first I was awesome, and then I was awesome again. And then there was more awesomeness from me, because I'm awesome. And, right. like, let me just tell you, I got my start in speech writing as an intern. Then my first two speech writing jobs were total failures. Mm. I mean, failures. I literally – my first speech writing job was for a U.S. senator, and after nine months, his chief of staff was like, hey, i hear you've applied to law school. You should go. Yeah. Yeah, you should go.
3: Don't, <laughs> like, don't quit your day job, kid.
4: <laughs> like – no joke, because I'm a good writer. I didn't know how to write speeches. And I went to law school and I happened to meet a guy who used to be a speechwriter for President Clinton. We freelanced together. We got all those campaign jobs and they all lost until Barack Obama, who won. So like two failed jobs, three losing campaigns, you know, there's a lot of failure and messiness. So I just don't want anyone out there listening now to think that there was just like this perfect you know, stepstones of achievement, like that is not how it was. A lot of dark nights of the soul, a lot of shaken confidence. A lot like, of what this... am I
3: doing with my life? Oh my am God, I ever going to so write a speech much. with somebody who wins something? <laughs> yes. <I bet> that... <laughs> yes. Am I ever going to be good
4: at this? I mean, oh my gosh, no, no. A lot of messiness.
3: Wow. I mean, did you even, I guess you just did because you ran into somebody, but like, I don't think a lot of people realize that speech writing is a job. I feel like everyone thinks the person reading the speech wrote it.
4: Yes. Oh, you're so right. Cause like you know you understand a lawyer is a job you go to law school right. a doctor is a job you go to med school right. i mean no like i don't think i think the only reason i knew that speech writing was a job is because my dad way back in the day he actually wrote speeches for a congressional candidate who lost wow. it's like a family tradition yeah. <laughs> I I'm bravely yeah. upheld i knew about it from there and then in the west wing actually people who watch the tv show the west wing they started to know about it but it's not a job you really know about unless you like intern in politics or you know someone who's a speech writer and like how many people do that right yeah. it was really it's sort of people fall into this in the weirdest ways sometimes people are journalists they become a writer or they're a policy person or communications Gosh. person they become a writer it's just random
3: right well like you know my father-in-law is in your business
4: Yes, and he's I a, have met him. I worked a, with him.
3: Yeah, and he's a Yale theater graduate.
4: Really? Yeah, he wanted to be a
3: director, like a theater director. Oh
4: my gosh, I had no idea. That's amazing. I know. See, one of my colleagues in the White House had been a math major in college. Studied math. He literally, I think he, this is John Lovett, Lovett or leave it. Oh, in France yeah. yeah. America, studied math in college.
3: Yeah, so I guess what you're saying is it, there's no path. If you want to do this, you can make it happen. Study yes. what inspires you, sort of what titillates you, and then sort of inform that. That will inform yes. your work. Yeah. How interesting. I think
4: that's, I mean, it's right. it's like, look, the way to become a speechwriter, you know, there's no speechwriting grad school, but like, start doing it right like if you're if you're in college or grad school is there a dean that you can write speeches for in your community is there like a local elected official who you can write for or a small business ceo i was about to say
3: think about like the local i'm like washer and dryer store in your hometown like that guy has to do commercials you could maybe write his like there's all these opportunities
4: so many opportunities and when you have clips then when you're looking for a job you can say, "Hey, I have speech writing experience." And you can show people your clips, and that is so key to hiring for speech writers.
3: Wow, everybody, you hear that? Everybody send me your resumes. <laughs> I'm so curious, Sarah, like what was a typical workday? Let's go let's go to the Michelle Obama era of your life. Yes. What was a typical workday like for you sort of in the White House years and and I can imagine that it can be a very stressful job. I imagine the hours are really long, so Could you maybe give us like some Capitol Hill self-care? What were ways that you avoided burnout? You know, how did you stay focused? Were there anything like, is there something that like everybody does? Like we all drink, you know, Manhattans at this one bar to (laughs) unwind. Like kind of give us a a picture. Take us back.
4: Yeah. I mean, one of my colleagues once said to me in the White House, you never have the day you think you're going to have. And that is just so true. Right, like there was no typical day, you know, I might be in a meeting with Mrs. Obama asking her what she wants to say in a speech. I might be traveling, in which case, like she had a very early, early morning kind of deal going because she always wanted to be back in time to have dinner with her girls. So it would be like 5 a.m. wake Ooh. up in the office by, you know, 6 6.30, you're on that plane. Like, and I am not a morning person. So that was very painful. So sometimes it was traveling. Sometimes it was meetings. I actually had a moment back when I was working for President Obama where I just took a break one day and just kind of went on a little walk and I walked through the West Wing and I'm like wandering around and a senior advisor grabs me and he's like, hey, we need a speechwriter to write some talking points for the president on rescission authority. He's going out and giving a press conference in like 20 minutes. We need these. And I was like, what is rescission authority? He's like, I don't don't know. know. Go figure it out. So I like run up to the economic policy office and they're all waiting for me. And we like get on the phone with people from treasury and everyone's yelling at me, all these we- just weird jargon. And I was like, guys, what, like, I can't understand it. And finally, not proud of this, but finally I was like, some guy named Neil was like saying all this jargon. And I was like, Neil, I need you to speak fucking English. I need you to, and like, which I, you know, not like, I was a little surprised at myself, but Neil did. And so yeah. I wrote the points, got it done was like, oh, my God, I am never walking through the West Wing unprompted again. And I later realized that the person who I had yelled at was actually the deputy secretary of the Treasury Department. So that was a little awkward. And I felt bad. I felt bad about that.
3: You know so what? Yeah. I agree, though. Sometimes you got to just say the F word at Neil.
4: I, you know, and you and just, sometimes that's just nice what guy. the job entails. <laughs> sometimes what the job entails. And I just, you know, it was it was a stressful moment. Wow. So, so so care. Yes. Yeah. Your question about such a good question. You know, I think working out was a huge part of my self care, just getting that break, like Mm -hmm. stepping away. And instead of being Like sitting still in front of a computer in my head, it was actually getting into my body and moving. You know, running outside back when I could do that, I can't really run outside anymore, but like running outside, going to the gym, just something that was not sitting still at my computer. Mm -hmm. Huge self care thing. I also think I'm a big fan, and I give this advice often, and it kind of surprises people, but I'm a big fan of cultivating a spiritual practice, whatever that means for you. You know, maybe that's a religion or or a faith tradition. Great. Maybe it's yoga or meditation. Maybe it's like walking in the woods. Maybe it's cultivating really deep conversations with another person. Like wherever you find a kind of spiritual connection, wherever you find transcendence or connection to something greater, it is so important to cultivate that because, you know, it's, if you don't, you just get lost in the day to day. Like every day is a Wednesday. You're just kind of lost in it. And you know, even if it's 10 minutes a day for journaling, right? Whatever it is that gives you a sense of lifting out of your daily life. I think it is so important to cultivate that.
3: Oh, that is such good advice. Oh, that hit me. That hit me in a good way. And I know it's going to hit the honeys too. That's beautiful. You. when you would have to go into the first lady's office at five forty-five in the morning did you feel like like you had to do like a really cute like face like did you have <laughs> to do makeup like were you like it's michelle obama honey i gotta do a look like or did you just like kind of <laughs> trounce in there with like you know moisturizer on
4: <laughs> you know i did like some pretty minimal makeup but no i actually you know, something that i love about mrs obama is like for her beauty is about feeling like your most authentic self. It is just, it is just like being true to you, right? So like, I felt like as long as I was being true to me, which is like a certain amount of laziness, like I like makeup, you know, I like to put on a face. I like to wear a cute dress, but like when it's five in the morning, like, I don't know. I'm I'm like, I'm not there, right? I'm Mm -mm. like, I will do that when I'm going out, when I'm doing, you know, dressing up, but I'm like, I just got to like take a shower, maybe, hopefully, you know, like that's, I would just like way lower expectations. And I never felt... Like that was a problem, right? Like I just became as I was and I was like, this is how I feel good today as I travel to three different states, six different train, you know, plane rides and cars and messiness and backstage. It's like, you know, so that's how I, how I rolled.
3: Well, that leads to my next question, which is just, uh, we always talk about travel on this show. And especially now, considering nobody's gotten to travel for a long time and we're all just itching. I can't wait. I want to go back to Rehoboth Beach. That's where my in-laws houses. I'm like, I want to go back. I want to get on a plane. I want to go see the world. Take us to a lovely time. I know you traveled with Mrs. Obama for years all over the world. Do you have a favorite place you visited?
4: Oh, my gosh. We did visit some amazing places. I loved visiting Japan.
2: Oh, yeah. It was just
4: like we saw some beautiful, you know, these beautiful shrines that were just so peaceful and lovely. Like, people were really kind to us. The food was so interesting. And just like, you know... Going to shops, like, there's just so much beautiful, like, intricate art and very clean, simple design. I just, I loved it. Like, it was just, it was a joy. We did a Japanese tea ceremony at one point where someone kind of walked us through it all, which was just stunning. You know, just the beauty of these really old traditions just blew me away.
3: And the trickle-down effect, too. Like, that's where the tea started. And then us getting Starbucks in the morning is essentially a very (laughs) trickle-down ritual of that.
4: Yes, right.
3: Yeah, I love. I I went to Japan. When did I go? 2018. It was so fun. Uh, It was gorgeous. I want to go back. Me too. Take me back. (laughs) Oh, Oh yeah.
0: O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Oh,
3: yeah. Okay, let's talk about here all along, oh, yes. your book. I just would love if you could sort of tell us the origin story of this book. Like, what inspired you? I know you've told this story a million times, but... It's it's really interesting and we t- you talked earlier about implementing a spiritual practice. We're all or some of us are born into something and we sort of take it for granted. And that could be a lot of things. That could be a culture, that could be a, a place. But then when you become an adult, you sort of get gratitude for those things. And 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 it's really interesting and it's something we can all relate to. Tell us sort of about here all along your book.
4: Yeah. See, I like exactly like you said, I was born into Judaism. My parents are Jewish. You know, we kind of had a like, they had a very dutiful relationship to Judaism where they enrolled us in Hebrew school and we like, they dragged us to the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur services, which I just thought were so long and boring as a kid. I was like, oh, this is endless. And I didn't really love Hebrew school. And I had my bat mitzvah and I was like, okay, I'm out. That was fun. I'm I'm done. You know, I'm a cultural Jew. I'm like a Jew by heritage. But if I want meaning or connection, like I, I have to look elsewhere. So fast forward 25 years later, at the age of 36, I broke up with this guy I was dating, and I was super lonely and super anxious, and I was just like rattling around my little apartment, just like pacing my carpet, feeling kind of out of sorts, and I was like, okay, I and I happened to sit down on my computer to check email, and I got an email from the local Jewish community center advertising an intro to Judaism class. And I was like, great, that'll fill a Wednesday night. It was not some deep spiritual journey. I was not like, oh, I will find connection. I was just like, I cannot be alone in this apartment anymore. So I was like, all right, I should know something about my heritage. So I go to this class and I I was blown away. Like here was 4,000 years of crowdsourced wisdom from millions of people about how to lead a really beautiful, worthy, meaningful life, about how to be a good person and treat people well, about how to find spiritual connection that that was not like God is the man in the sky who controls everything and punishes people, but much more sophisticated, diverse spirituality and theology. And I was like, where has this been all my life?
3: Yeah, right. why didn't they teach me this in Hebrew school? <laughs> Where like, was that?
4: <laughs> you know? And, like, look, I get it. It's hard to teach, like, a nine-year-old different conceptions of God. Like, I get it, right? No no blame, no hate on my Hebrew school teachers. But, like, oh, finally as an adult I could actually own this for myself. And so I read hundreds of books. I, you know, I took classes. And I was like... I kind of just couldn't really find the book I wanted, which was like not the how to of Judaism, but the why to right? like the most transformational, inspiring, life affirming wisdom that Judaism has to offer us today for like how to cope with our challenges and lead a life that is present and connected and real. And this book is not just for Jews. I really wrote this for just anyone who's curious about the wisdom of an ancient tradition that's relevant to our lives today. You know, we sort of lost so much of this ancient wisdom and this modern consumerist like you're not enough. you have to work harder and spend more and work harder and spend more. Like we've lost this ancient wisdom and I wanted to share some of what I'd found.
3: I mean, I I loved this book so much. Oh, thank you. I mean I I read it on the beach in Delaware, you know I would I would go, hey, and I'd talk to my mother-in-law. I'd be like, what's blah, blah, blah. And then we'd have a lovely conversation. It really is. I, I learned. I mean, I. You're, you're right. It's not a like, this is everything you need to know right. at all. It's more, like you said, the the deeper. And there's so many quotes. I mean, did you interview like 50,000 rabbis? Like, there's so many little quotes in here from all these different people. And you, and Richards funny. is in here. I mean, oh, yes. oh, a treasure of Richards. Texas where I'm from. I mean, oh, I re- love her. I read that out loud to my uh, mother-in-law. I was oh. like, this book has Ann Richards in it. <laughs> anyway,
4: it funny. I didn't really interview any rabbis. All of those quotes for, were from books I'd read or talks I'd attended. So I didn't oh. do formal interviews, but I love quotes from other people. Like yes. I just love it. And like, you know, I have quotes from like super, you know, hippie, progressive, liberal rabbis, and very, very ultra orthodox rabbis. Right? There's just such a range because right. I think everyone has stuff, and I have stuff from ministers. Like I kind of got you know, Buddhist teachers. Like because I just think there's wisdom everywhere.
3: There is wisdom everywhere. That sounds like a Katy Perry song, and I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I'm not you mad at it. Actually,
4: do you have a song? Right? I'm just saying you could write. A song called There's Wisdom Everywhere. I mean,
3: you know what? It might happen today. It
4: might happen. It might happen today. I'm here for it if it does. Here for it.
3: And if I get sued, then you are an attorney. (laughs) I should be scared, but maybe I'll, you know, I'll cut you in. I'll cut you in. Okay. I would love, Sarah, to get a little Jewish with you. Yes. as a jewish woman to a jewish yes. woman yes. because you had sent me this beautiful email i hadn't i, I ben and i weren't even engaged yet but we all kind of knew it was coming right. and uh, and you sent me your book and you said converts breathe new life into judaism like you were so welcoming nice. and and I discussed that in my bait dean with the rabbis. Uh, they were like, when they asked me some of my favorite things about Judaism, I said, the camaraderie of the faith and how welcoming everyone has been has it, been so just moving and joyful for me. So yes. thank you. You were the first person pretty much to welcome me in.
4: Well, I am so happy to have you in the family. So happy.
3: Can you sort of tell us about your self-care yes. in a lens of Jewish self-care? There's a lot in your book about all sorts of different things like uh, meditation, yeah. but but let's just talk like self-care with a little yes. bit of like a Jewish lens on it.
4: Oh, my gosh. Love this question. <laughs> I think that there is, you know, it's funny because a lot of Jewish practice isn't necessarily framed as self-care, but I so think that the impact it has is a self-care impact. Yes. I mean, you think about Shabbat right? This is the Jewish Sabbath. You, it's the practice of taking you know 25 hours off from Friday night to Saturday night. And if you do it in a super traditional way, which like I don't, but many people I really admire do, you know, you don't use any, you don't use electricity. You don't look at screens. You don't work. You don't drive. Like you actually just take a total break from the weekday world and you create a totally different space. It's what a rabbi named Abraham Joshua Heschel calls a sanctuary in time. You're actually – and, like, if you hang out with people who are hardcore observing Shabbat, it's, like, so quiet. There's no ones on their phone. People are there. They are present. They are just with – they're with each other. And, you know, I actually tried this out for a few months in the White House. And for me, it was this incredible – it actually did have the impact of incredible self-care because it was the first time where I wasn't constantly on email. Right. right, I told people we're
3: so readily me. available these days yes. for every little thing. That's what text messages are. Text messages yes. are. Excuse me. Excuse
4: yes. me. Yes, a hundred percent. And I actually told my colleagues, "If you need me, call me." Yeah. And of course, they were like, "No, no, we're not going to do that." No one ever called me. Yeah. And to actually just suddenly have this space to hear my own thoughts. Instead of constantly hearing all the voices of all these other people in my life and of all the ads, just think about when you're on social media, you're oh, being yeah. bombarded with consumerist messages, which are telling you you are not enough, right. you're not smart enough, rich enough, successful enough. Your hair's anymore. looking
3: a little flat these days.
4: Exactly. It's just it's designed to make you feel crappy about yourself. Yes. Right. Those those messages are not like, hey, you're beautiful. Here is a here is a product that might allow you to express your authentic beauty, right? It's not that. It's you're not good the way you are. You have to be better. And to shut all that off, it was like the first time I actually could kind of listen to my own voice. And that was actually when I realized that like, huh, I think I want to write this book on Judaism, right? There was actually time for those tiny little voices that are at the edge of our consciousness. You know what I mean? The voice is like, maybe this career is not right for you. And I feel
3: "Ah." like the more we look at our phones, that voice gets drowned out
4: yes yes because we're constantly it's like distracting const- ourselves yes we're constantly that's exactly right we're constantly distracting ourselves with this endless noise and like sh- on shabbat if you take it seriously it's like nope shutting off the noise no access to the noise and it can be uncomfortable right some people really. oh yeah of course right they struggle to like sit with their thoughts but man i just to actually have that little tiny seedling take root and start to Grow and flourish. I was like, I think I want to do this. This is weird. Like, why do I want to do this? I don't know. I just knew I wanted to do that. And you know, if you are a like, if you're a more secular minded person, there's definitely like psychological. Was you know, there's psychological stuff that tells you what's happening, if you're a spiritual minded person, you, you know, you could actually say, this is kind of the voice of the divine within me, right? Mm-hmm. There's a sense that there's some kind of just divine process here that I'm making room for. However you choose to frame it, I frame it in both ways. Cause I, you know, believe in both things. Right. So for me, that was an incredible practice of self-care. I also think just like the Jewish practice of constantly expressing gratitude, you know, again, you wouldn't think about that as a self-care practice, but like,
3: Oh, it usually, is
4: actually, Right. It is like, you know, in traditional Jewish practice, the first words out of your mouth are a prayer of gratitude. Like when you wake up in the morning, you're supposed to say a prayer that's basically like it's, it goes moda ani, which means thankful. And am I like the first word you say is thankful? And you're saying basically, thank you for my life. Like, thank like I'm expressing gratitude for waking up this morning. Like,
3: whoa, you know, and the- I, I remember in your book, I, if I remember correctly, there's a prayer for when you pee. And I remember being I was, like, oh, wow, that's interesting.
4: Yes, there's actually a prayer you say after going to the bathroom. Yeah. And it's it's a prayer where you're actually just expressing gratitude that your body is working functionally.
3: And truly, so- we take that for granted. Take our body granted. is a machine. Every little thing on it has a purpose. And 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 it is yes. so beautiful when things are going well with your yes. body. Like we do take right. our health for granted. So hey, I might start praying granted. when I pee. I might start right? praying when I pee now. I
4: mean, like, you know, because we only really we only really appreciate our bodies when we've been sick and yes. then suddenly we're better. We're like, oh, but how often does that happen? Hopefully, not often, but like you go to the bathroom a bunch of times every day, and to constantly be having that moment of like, wow. I have this incredibly complicated body that actually worked well. Yes. What an amazing gift! That that it improves your life, right? That is a self care practice. Even if it's not framed that way, that is the impact it's going to have on you. So yes. I I I appreciate what Judaism has to offer there. Uh,
3: that was awesome. How <laughs> hardcore is your Shabbat? Just curious. Ben and I it's Shabbat every every Friday night.
4: Oh, look at you! That's awesome. Oh, he you
3: know? he loves it. I'm telling you, we. I, you know the converts go hard.
4: Oh, you guys are the best. Jews <laughs> by choice are just like they breathe such life into Judaism because you come to it with this fresh perspective, with this openness. My, Like all the Jews by choice I know are so learned right? because you, you don't take it for granted. You actually take right. the time to learn. Like you're so educated. It is – I could not be a bigger fan. Could not be a bigger
3: fan. In in your book there's a piece and I don't remember exactly where it is. I'm sure I have it highlighted, but it's about I think you mentioned Ruth, the story of Ruth, the book of Ruth yes. and, and you say once you have been once you have converted you you're considered to be on Mount Sinai. Yes. And Absolutely. I cried and I went and found my mother-in-law <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I was there with you. I yes. was there. 100%. And I mentioned that in my bait dean as well. 100%.
4: We're like the way it's like, "Oh, you have a Jewish soul." Yes. Yeah. You have a Jewish soul. Of course. Like, of course you were at Mount Sinai with all the other Jews. Of course you were.
3: We were, right? you like, were there, I was there, Ben was we were, there. I mean, there. It, it was great. Your parents were there. Please. It was lovely. All there.
4: I mean, it's funny for me. Ruth own
3: Bader Ginsburg was there. <laughs> she
4: was there. Oh my, there's a list girlfriend. Like, there's a It was, list. It was, was a, a lot of people. It was
3: pre COVID. There was a huge <laughs> amount of people all together. Lots of
4: people, no social distancing. Cause there was no COVID. It was
3: no. amazing. Yes.
4: You know, could we, if only we could go back. Yeah. But you know, my Shabbat practice, it totally, it, it changes, right? Like right, right now it is, you know, it's pretty much more like, okay, it's Friday night. I'm just going to try to shut down a bit. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to try to like, Power down. Just like do something different than what I've been doing all week. But I will sometimes I'll send emails on Shabbat, right? I'll do things that are not perfectly in Shabbat, you know the Shabbat spirit. But I've had times when I actually do things that are kind of more rigorous Shabbat. It really kind of ebbs and flows for me. And that's a point I want to make to people is like you can just try this stuff out. You can do right. it for three hours. You can do it for twenty five. You know, it's not all or nothing, right? This is this is a powerful practice. However, you choose to do it.
3: And that's something about Judaism that I really resonated with as well, which is that like everything you're told, you can kind of put your own twist on it, and that's actually encouraged.
4: Yes, and, questioning, right? Yes, the challenging. Like you're really, you're really encouraged to to question, to push back. This is sometimes some of my friends from other traditions. They're like, wait, you can question the rabbi.
3: No, I'm, I'm like, telling you that it was can, that's that's a to. huge difference for me personally, like growing up yeah. Catholic. I, I, I was like, oh, how interesting and fun <laughs> and fun. and going going to um a Seder for the first time. It was all side talk and conversations and debating and brothers fighting. and, so And I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome.
4: Yes, it is. It's a lot, right? It's a lot of conversation, a lot of questioning and debating. And anyway, you look, there are core moral values that are not questioned, right? It's right. like you are, you know, kindness, decency, honesty, like you know, caring, generosity, right? Those are core values that are you, you don't question. You, don't, you know, we all kind of accept those as like fundamental truths. But how do you do those things? How right. do you best enact those things? Okay, now we can start you know, now we can mix it up. Let's try to figure this out. It's a very, it's very cool that way.
3: I maybe, maybe you can come to my virtual Seder. I don't know if I'm having one. I want to throw one so bad. I want to do like you the should. most extra Seder. I want to have actors. You know, yes. I live in LA. There's a lot of unemployed improvisers around. Yes. I want to get actors involved. I want to do like light cues. Yes. I mean, I want to do like a moment. Cause you talk about it in your book yes you talk about people? like stuff falling from the sky and i'm like oh honey yes. i am rigging you i am should... doing some rigs
4: i mean this sto- like that is what you're supposed to do you're supposed to elaborate on the story right. you're supposed to tell it in a way that it really sticks right you're supposed to bring it to life oh i think that would be I
3: and i gotta what what do, do some say. songs we'll oh, see i'm really yes. excited yes i can't it, wait you inspired this all i'm telling you <laughs> okay let's just this is natural after all let's talk a little beauty Yes. Do you have a skincare routine? Do you love skincare? Like, tell us sort of like your products or like, what do you do every night when you go get ready for bed? Or what do you do every morning? We want to hear.
4: You know, it's so funny. I feel like a little intimidated because I'm like, a skincare routine. I was like, I don't, you know, I do have one, but it's basically just like washing my skin and moisturizing. And that's. That's kind of it. That's like, all you need. You know, that's like, that works for me. But I have friends who actually like, they have products, they have things they do. And I'm kind of like, huh, maybe I should actually try some of this stuff out. You know, like for them, it's actually, it is a kind of self-care. Oh, right? And they is. actually, like it really. You
3: know, Look it at AOC. Huh? I mean, oh AOC is like a skincare advocate. Yes. She says right? it's the most substantive choices you make in the day. What do you put on your face?
4: Right. Because your face is like, this is what you're encountering the yes. world with. Right. And you have yes. to feel, it has to feel healthy. It has to feel clear and good. So I, I think that's cool. And I guess for me, like it does feel healthy with, you know, I like, I have a lovely friend who will send me nice moisturizers. Cause I think she knows, I just don't really know a lot. And so like there was what, gosh, I'm forgetting the brand now. Wait, let me go get it. Hold oh, on.
3: she's going to get it. I love when this happens. This is the benefit of at home recording. Because we can really there's no excuses. You have to you have to go get your products because you are in your house and I will make you do okay. it. Okay. okay. I can't wait now.
4: <laughs> so my friend, just so lovely, she sent me this Origins Ginseng?
3: Is Ooh. that you pronounce
2: Ginseng Ginseng. Yeah. I
4: don't even know. And this Origins eye cream. And it Cute. smells really good, right? It smells good. It has See, like a really kind of lightness to it. And I when I put it on, I think of her and it just makes me happy.
3: There you go. I mean, a scent is really a beautiful sort of evoking element. Yeah. So if something smells delicious and it's yes. nice to put on your skin, yes. it will you will be more inclined to put it on, you know? Yes. If you if you had something that stunk up the house, you wouldn't really want to use <laughs> yes. it. So so the scent <laughs> element can be really uplifting.
4: It's lovely. I just I love it. It's like a, it's like a little a little bit of brightness in my day. You know, I put it on and I just feel a little bit lifted yes. up. And I think of my friend and I feel lifted up. I'm like, what a lovely thing that is. And you what know?
3: a great friend for buying some oh, skincare.
4: Yeah. Right? I Yeah, she's the
3: best. Is your friend's name AOC?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I wish my friend's name were AOC. <laughs> I mean, don't we all? Like, uh, Yeah, we
3: pretty much do. Yeah. She's yeah. got great eyebrows. You have great uh, eyebrows. Did you not destroy your eyebrows you. in the 90s?
4: You know, it's so funny. I I think I don't even know if I don't like I don't really do anything special with them. I just do some plucking. I've never done threading, I've never done waxing, I've never done any of the things. I just kinda yeah, it's kind of a DIY thing.
3: Yeah. Thank you. You're just so appreciate that. That's that answer.
4: Thank you. I use a little like eyebrow thingy thingy pencil. Yeah, yeah, that's
3: eyebrow it. thingy thingy. Yeah. yeah, yeah the eyebrow you. thingy.
4: You know, that's the technical term for it, yeah. obviously. As I'm sure, you know, you may not know that, but I I do know that.
3: You very, know, we learn from each other on natural right? period, so Let me
4: teach you. Let thank me teach you. you, okay? The eyebrow thingy thingy. The You're eyebrow welcome. thingy
3: thingy, honey. You're welcome. <laughs> You'll be hearing that in a speech <laughs> soon, I have a I have a feeling. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.
3: Oh, yeah. Sarah, shall we get to some listener questions? Yes, Because please. my listeners, you know, I was saying earlier, I text with some of my listeners and I said, I, a lot of them knew who you were already because of, oh. because of my previous discussions, but <laughs> some of them were so fascinated by your career and they, they had great questions great so my first question is from leanne hello leanne leanne lives in maryland right by you she says what contributes to your writing skills i feel the more i read the better uh, the better writer i am are you a big reader and if so what do you like to read
4: oh i so agree with that statement i mean
3: i'm just so everybody knows i'm i'm looking into sarah's house and there are books (laughs) everywhere there's a lot of books
4: oh girl you have no idea it's like kind of a problem I like not only do I get many book deliveries downstairs at my front desk but I, I started getting bookshelf deliveries because I ran out of you shelf need space. to put yes yeah it's like a, it's. it's a I
3: book. think books should be on display I remember my friend had this plaque on her door or on her wall in her office that said if you go home with somebody and they don't have books don't fuck them <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. I love that too. It's like, ooh, red flag. Uh, Or you know, their their mattress is on the floor. They don't have a bed frame and no books.
4: Run. Yeah, run, run. Run. Yeah. (laughs) I so agree with Leanne. You know, reading good writing it does help you become a better writer, right? You kind of get you get these good, beautiful voices in your head that I think can kind of inform your own writing voice. So I do try to read good novels. I have to admit that during the pandemic, I have just not been as sharp as I've been in normal life. Like, I feel like my brain has kind of been sanded down almost. And so I'm just having compassion for myself in that state. And I've gotten really into reading young adult dystopian fiction because that's not weird and you're not judging me you're no so i think it's that. cool
3: i totally hear that it feels good because it you feel like a teen again when you're reading it you yes. sort of are. you remember the hormones you used to have oh in that moment
4: it's so funny they have these like really adorable and, and like pretty chaste crushes on each other we're like no one ever it's like they go to like first base and it's like that's it you know? oh it's, yeah like, but it's, that's
3: all you need
4: that's all you need and it's so cute but they're like I don't know. I just find them to be interesting. They're super creative. So like, okay, but that's, again, that's not for speech writing purposes, but I right. do think write, reading good stuff is good. I think listening to good speeches, you know, both historical and modern, I think that's really helpful because you, you know, speech writing is, it's an oral art form, right? It's not a written art form. It really is an oral art form. And there's a big difference between writing to be read, which is what like journalists and novelists do and writing to be heard, which is what speech writers do. Interesting. You're know, writing to be heard, writing to be heard not grammatical. I just said writing to be heard, period, not grammatical, period. Right? Like those were two sentence fragments. If you saw those written in a essay, you'd like edit it. Right. But, you know, for speaking out loud, that's totally fine. So I think that listening to good speeches is also super helpful.
3: Wow. Okay. I'm starting to plan my whole political campaign here. <laughs> okay. Great question, Leanne. Next question is from Jessica. This is a long question, but it's very funny it's 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 like a three-parter first question is best lipstick for speech giving does Michelle Obama wear perfume and three if I start crying while giving what if I start crying while giving a speech that's happened at my brother's wedding mascara was everywhere how does one gracefully have a wet face of streaky makeup I had a reading that was just a random poem about a bicycle and I couldn't make it I really related to this. I feel like I have cried in many a speech in my life. And I thought maybe Sarah would have some tips on keeping composure or how to stay focused. Eye on the prize. And also, does Michelle Obama wear perfume? And and do you think uh, a good, what is a good lipstick? Is there a power color? Do you prefer a matte? Uh, Do you prefer a liquid? What what can you help us with here?
4: So I think for the good lipstick, it is whatever makes you feel fabulous. Yeah. Like whatever. The like power like, within. The power within. Like whatever lipstick, when you put it on, you were like, look out. Like just look out. That is lipstick. And so that's different,
3: different for, for everybody. Every, yeah. Different for
4: everyone. I have no idea if she wears perfume. That is such a good question. One that I have not
3: thought about. And I well, actually... if you don't recall like getting a whiff. I would yeah. say she most likely either doesn't or wears something very understated. Because I was in the room with Dolly Parton once; you could smell her from a mile away. Oh, a mile amazing. away. Oh yeah! I'm so
4: jealous. She is just oh, watching her get her vaccine. I was oh. like, and she's just she's like vamping. You know, the poor guy, the poor doctor's like dropping the syringes. Oh, I was like, he
3: loved Ooh. it. You know, and he loved he, it. And She
4: just like teasing him. I was like, oh god, you are a national treasure. Okay, so. Not sure about the perfume in terms of the crying when speaking. I love this question. So I have three pieces of advice. Oh yeah. Number one is discernment. Like here's someone once told me speak from the scar, not from the wound. Meaning that like, if something is like, if you have like a kind of gaping wound, like if it's still just like really fresh and it just feels like overwhelming, it's probably not the time to like speak about it, right? Like it maybe, maybe, or it's just something is just too raw. Like it's better to kind of speak from the scar where there's been some healing. It's, it's not so like painful and overwhelming or just emotional. So that's just discernment as to like what feels right for you. The second is practice. Like actually just like do it a gazillion times because when you do that, then you're kind of developing muscle memory. It kind of takes a little bit of the intense emotionality away from it. And it lets you still be emotional, but with a little more control. And then the third thing is don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Right? Like I think we, it's like, it's easy to make it so much worse when you're like, I cannot cry. I cannot cry. And then you're so amped up and anxious. And that actually makes you more emotionally, like makes you more emotional. So you're actually kind of more likely to fall apart. Just say like, if I cry, great. Right. How many times have people cried when speaking and you've just been so moved by it, right? You don't look at them and think, oh, they're a mess. They're terrible. It's actually like to be that vulnerable is a sign of incredible strength. And, and being connected with your own feelings, which is such a gorgeous thing. So, like, don't worry about it. If you cry, you cry. No worries. You know, just, like, take that off your chest. Take that off your heart. And just go up and do your thing.
3: Do you think we should blot our eyes during or maybe in between lines? Mm. This is all really important.
4: Yeah, no. The details matter for stuff like this. It's a good question.
3: I don't know. know, I I can ask my my father in law because that's yeah. Because he's like a speech. He's a coach. Yeah, yeah. He is a coach. He He would would probably give us a good answer.
4: I bet he would. Yeah. I say you do. It feels comfortable. I had to do my
3: wedding vows in front of him.
4: Oh wow!
3: And I thought about getting his help, but I didn't.
4: Wow. How did you feel? I went
3: rogue with it, honey. Wow! I cried. Oh, I cried everywhere. I was a damn That's mess. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm, you it's I'm your vulnerable wedding. and strong, Sarah. Yes,
4: girl, do it.
3: I'm I vulnerable great. and strong. <laughs> it's your wedding.
4: You can do whatever you want on your wedding day. I,
3: think I love a good crying speech.
4: Yes. Oh, I think it's, I, it shows you that the person is connected, right? It shows you if they, they have strong feelings, like it's beautiful, you know?
3: I'll send you a, I'll send you the video, and you can give Please. me some notes. <laughs> Sarah, I've been doing this segment that I always forget to do called Cream of the Week. Oh. I would like you to tell me what your Cream of the Week is. Now, this doesn't have to be a cream. It's just something that, that's happening right now in your life that you want to open up and just smear oh. all over your life. You know what I mean? Like, what's yes. the Cream of the Week for you? Oh, my
4: gosh. For me, it is these walks that I take whenever oh, I yeah. can in these, like— Woods is probably a strong word because it's in DC and it's an urban park, but there are parts that are very woodsy. And, you know, like, it's just, it is so peaceful and quiet. And there's just nature all around. And it is like a total break from the rest of my life. It just makes me feel so peaceful and connected and joyful and i and i've done it in winter i've done it in spring it always looks different right there's something new each time and i just that is my cream of the week i just want to put that
3: oh yeah are the cherry blossoms blooming in dc yet
4: i don't think so yeah i don't think so but i think soon they're They're coming i I feel like yeah yes i
3: have to come see them at some point oh i've never been in that time period yet
4: oh you should come it's gorgeous Totally
3: gorgeous. My cream of the week, I'm going to say, is the Meghan Markle interview. Oh, I yes. mean, yes. and Oprah's look. I mean, oh, to, to take she... it to a natural place, Oprah was rocking purple eyeshadow oh, and pink amazing. glasses.
4: She is also a national treasure. Don't oh, pardon, yeah. Oprah Winfrey, like, what a gift.
3: A gift A gift to all of us. Yes. I watched yes. Oprah every day when I got over middle school. Every oh. day. That's great. Enthralled.
4: Oh yeah. My mom watched her all the time. I used to come home, mom would be watching Oprah. Yeah. Like she, you know, the reach she had, right, to people of all different backgrounds, especially women, like she really has had a huge impact.
3: Yes. She deserves every cent in that bank account, if you oh, ask me. Agree. Agree. Anyway, that's who we gotta get we gotta get AOC. We gotta get <laughs> Oprah. we we have a yes. list going of all these and icons. Oh, and yes. Parton. Hello. <gasps>
4: Can you oh. imagine a dinner dinner party with these oh. women? <laughs> I mean, and, stop. you know,
3: maybe we could call Michelle. Maybe we could get, I know you know, it. we could get a list going.
4: I like it. Do it.
3: All right. See you there. Oh, my Seder. <laughs> oh, my God.
4: Uh, that's okay. Okay. That's the moment. Now we're that's on to moment. something. Yeah. It's going to
3: be amazing. And, and Dolly loves a cover. You know, she sang her vaccine cover of Jolene. Yes. I bet we could get her to do some kind of cover song about... <laughs> You know, <laughs> the locusts or something. I don't know.
4: The four questions. She could yes. do the four
3: questions. Oh, I'm going to write it for her.
4: Yes. I'm I'm just saying. I don't, I don't think it hurts to try.
3: We'll see. I mean, listen. Emails can can reach. <laughs> okay. Caitlin has a question. Yes. Are there certain words that you feel drawn to when you started speech writing that you incorporate into the messages for someone else? I thought this was an interesting question because, you know, like, you know Aaron Sorkin you hear Aaron Sorkin you're like, "Oh, that's a Sorkin movie that's a Sorkin dialogue like is there so, is there a certain word or like a phrase or like a, your own writing style yeah. that's sort of yeah. your signature or something that you've used multiple times or
4: it's such a great question. You know, the answer weirdly is no, because so much of speech writing, it's not about me kind of imposing my own style or like bringing my own style. It is so much about me faithfully channeling the the voice and the style of the person for whom I'm writing. So to the extent that there might be like certain phrases or words or verbal tics, they're not mine. They're those of the person for whom I write. And this is something I actually get a lot where people are like, they'll be like, oh, how'd you get uh, Michelle Obama's voice? And I know that what they're really asking is like, okay, how did you white Jewish girl get the voice of an African-American Christian woman? You guys have such different backgrounds and experiences in this country, but like, it's not about me scripting her. It's about me listening really carefully and hearing her voice. And so that's kind of how it works. So I don't really have a, a signature that's all my own for her. You know, I certainly have ticks that I use in my own writing and my own voice, but not in my speech writing
3: right. so much. Because you write speeches for yourself as well.
4: You know, I do. I it's funny. I do a lot of public speaking. I actually basically a hundred percent avoid giving scripted lectures. I do not like that format. I cool. like this format. I do almost everything as an on stage interview because I just think it's much more interesting. You know, it's much more fun for the audience. I feel much more free. And you know, I'll like work with someone on the questions beforehand. It's not random, but I just, you know, to lecture for thirty minutes on Zoom especially, it's like that's rough. Yeah. That's a lot to ask of an audience. So, And you'll actually see Mrs. Obama does a lot of her stuff as Q&As now too, which is really interesting to see how we kind of both went that direction post-White House.
3: I mean, we love a Q&A, honey. Right? That's a, that's fun. what podcasting is, essentially.
4: Yes. It's more engaging. I just, I, I like this format.
3: Yes, I love it too. There's, there's just so much to discuss. Yes. I have a question from Leah, and I don't know if Leah is a Jewish person or not, but it's still a fun question. How do you apply some of Judaism's teachings to your everyday life? You've oh. sort of touched on this.
4: No, that is, Leah, that's a great question. It's a great question. You know, it's funny. I think a lot of that for me comes in with Jewish ethics. Like, There's a lot of Jewish thinking around how you use your speech. Like, do you gossip? Do you shame people? And, like, it was funny. Before I started studying that, those Jewish ethical laws, like, I wouldn't have thought about it. You're know, just like, take the example of, like, let's say we're coworkers and we get into a fight. And I'm just so mad at you. And I go home that night and I call like five people and I'm like, Jackie's the worst. Like, I think she's bad at her job. She's mean. I don't trust her. I just trash you. And then I'm like, I feel better. Got it off my chest. Next morning, we come in and we make up. It was a misunderstanding. We're so sorry. Well, problem is, I told five people about you and maybe each of them told someone who told someone who told someone. And suddenly you apply for a job at, you know, one of the companies where someone who heard this thing about you is the HR person. They're like, oh, I've heard something about this woman. Yeah, we better hold, right? It's like, it's so easy with just a moment where you're venting or getting something off your chest. You can really affect something. A
3: ripple effect, right. The
4: ripple effect. That in
3: your book really changed me. I feel like I have really held my tongue since this book because I realized that your words really matter and it really (sighs) is not a it's not a cute look
4: it's not a cute look and yeah look, I still I still gossip way too much I still get it wrong I will never hold myself out as like a model of this but I will tell you just like you I've had a moment when I'm about to press send on that email and I'm, like, Mm-mm, I'm, right. that I'm like don't I'm about to send that you. I'm like
3: don't I do find it. Don't, out a piece don't. of information and I'm like oh I gotta tell my best friend and then I go it's not my place to tell this I'm going to stop and I'm not going to do it. It, And I've stopped. It feels really good. I'm happy that I've I've evolved in that way.
4: Yes. So I think those teachings, and there's a lot of teachings about shaming. Think about how often you're like in debate with someone and you're like, I want to win. I want to kind of make you look bad so that I can look good. And Judaism actually compares shaming someone to murdering them. It says like in both cases, the blood drains from someone's face, which sounds a little, it's like, whoa, hey, hyperbole. But if you think back to a moment when you were like publicly humiliated as a kid, you can still feel. Oh, like,
3: every day I feel like I wake up in the middle of the night with sweats thinking about that yes! spelling test I bombed in front of the class in third grade. You right? know,
4: it's like still there. And Judaism is like, whoa, do not put that kind of wound on someone else, right? So like that too. Like when I'm about to go in to be like, you know, you know, you, I'd be like Sarah is the shaming? Do you need to say it this way? Can you say it in a way that's respectful and kind? And so look, I still get it wrong like a million times a day, but I'm better. And I think that has been a huge effect on my life. So Leah, I love that question.
3: Yeah, I I remember I'm remembering in your book, and I I think it was I want to say it was at temple, like a temple service. And the rabbi said, somebody's breath stinks like onions. Oh, yes. Whoever it is, get out. And everyone stood up and left so that that person wouldn't be embarrassed. Yes. And I was like, an that ancient- is beautiful. We should all stand up with the onion breath.
4: Yes. And that's actually, you, God, you have an amazing memory. That's actually an ancient story from a, this Jewish law, like 2,000 years old. It was an ancient rabbi wow. who said it. And the person was like, no, we're not going to single out someone. So it's powerful ancient
3: wisdom powerful ancient wisdom right here in this book and yes i do have the memory of an elephant i'm glad you picked up on that it's a blessing and a curse i'm a scorpio if you if you piss me off i remember it honey so let's let that be a lesson everybody out there do you think horoscope has a place in judaism
4: you know it's such a good question Not that I know of. Yeah. I don't know all the Judaism, right? Like, there's so much Judaism. I know there's
3: so much Judaism
4: in the ocean of Judaism. I know, like, a drop, one drop. So, like,
3: who knows? I should ask Rabbi Lustig that because he knows everything. I know, I think you said you've crossed paths with him because he's in DC too. This man, he's he's a G. He is a G.
4: It's the best. I might have to message
3: him uh... and ask him about that because there is reincarnation which yes, I thought was really an fun. Yes, in Judaism. Yes. You see it in
4: Jewish tradition. You know, it's probably, it's kind of like, you know I wouldn't say it's mainstream today. I would say like yes. it's only a sort of small percentage of Jews who believe in it, but I don't know. What a beautiful idea, right? None of us knows what happens after you die. So like, I'm not going to say that someone else is right or wrong. I don't know, right? Like none of us has experienced this. So I'm kind of like humbly open to whatever ideas people have because none of us know.
3: And that is beautiful. And you know what? I am inspired and filled with pure joy that we've got to have this beautiful conversation. And I'm even more excited that the listeners are going to get to hear it too. Oh so, gosh. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Could you please... You're a little uh, elusive on the internet, right? Like, you don't have a personal Instagram, or if you do, I can't find it. I've tried to find you.
4: I have the worst social media yeah. accounts ever. I, love I have an that. Instagram, right? My Instagram account, I've never posted anything to it. Yeah. Um, I have a terrible Twitter account, which is just like me being like, Here is an article about my book. It doesn't even have my name. Yeah. It's just my book title. Yeah, I don't like social media.
3: Good, good. We can all take a cue from you. I think that's fabulous.
4: Everyone else, you do you. If it's your thing, that's great. I just, I don't, it's not my jam.
3: Yeah, I love that. But we want to keep up with you, you know? We want to hear what you're up to. So is there anywhere we can go or do or feel or see?
4: I appreciate that. You know? It's so funny. I was keeping up my website when I was traveling for events, but since the pandemic, I haven't much, but I do have a website. It's just Sarah herwits.net and it actually has discussion guides on it for if you want to read the book in community you want to read it with your best friend with your family with a group it has kind of like provocative questions that are about how can you bring it into your own life and make it personal I love
3: that my honeys and I were discussing at one point because I was getting DMs from honeys there's several of my honeys are converting right now (sighs) you know there's honeys that I just did an episode on my Patreon all about my conversion and my decision and all and honeys were like I feel reinvigorated as a Jew I want to learn more you inspire me so i think my honeys and i might do some of those
4: oh my gosh that's amazing and i have to say you inspire me too like your love your passion your learnedness that is awesome that is just awesome like it brings you know you are just you are just bringing judaism to life thank you are you saying you're
3: happy to have me because uh oh
4: very happy to have you! Like what a gift you are to the Jewish people. That you're part. That you uh, chose to be part of this family.
3: I'm what so. I love. I'm. I feel so at home. I feel so welcome. Uh, and and again, if if the honeys that have heard my uh, Patreon episode know all the reasons, but I truly feel this faith is the faith for me and it has been my whole life and i just didn't know it was an option and it just the opportunity didn't present itself and so everything is right ben is my bashert everything is is meant to be and and this all was part of my path for a reason and even this discussion here yes with you
4: oh my gosh you are such, it's such a jewish soul such oh a jewish thank soul. You. Oh my i mean thank we're you. meeting again this isn't our first meeting right we no were Sinai, i'm gonna be
3: harassing you, know. you. i gotta hear about <laughs> cream and i gotta go on the walk with you i mean well, there's oh, a yeah. lot to talk about. i'm sure oh, my, my father-in-law would love to take you to share share for dinner oh
4: i'd love that please have you been I to share am... share i have not actually it's an
3: ethiopian place i think there's oh. one in dc but there's one in bethesda and it's delicious. Oh.
4: That sounds delightful. I would love
3: that. So let's go to share share. We can discuss things. She's, you know, my father in law is also a convert. No way, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, how cool. Man. I'm telling so you many. There were, awesome. the Sheehan family's really recruiting people. <laughs> <laughs> it's really they're really all joining in.
4: It's <laughs> amazing.
3: Okay, so everyone, go to Sarah's website and buy her book. Do you have a Do you have a, a a place you'd like us to buy your book from?
4: You know, wherever you buy books. If there's a good local bookstore that you love, great. Online retailer, whatever works for you. You do you.
3: What's that one in D.C. called?
4: Oh, politics and prose. Yes, I
3: politics, love and pros. politics and prose. did a virtual event there. You know, Huge my my husband. Down. I keep saying, wrote a book. Did he you did? know did. Yes. No. A, what's this cons- book about? It's about the Constitution. Oh
4: my gosh, that's like. Wow, that's very impressive. Is he yeah. a lawyer?
3: No, that's the whole idea. The whole idea wow. is that it's like a, a funny, modern interpretation. Like a, it's. I'll have to get you one. I can't believe it. We'll send you I one. Not, oh my,
4: I would love to I'll that. slide
3: it, it right amazing. in that bookshelf. I see right yes. where it's going to go. Oh, It's going to go right
4: back here. Right There's there. Space.
3: Is that a giraffe? Oh, yeah. Is that a dinosaur? That is, yeah, it's
4: a giraffe. There's okay. two giraffes. I love giraffes. have a giraffes. lot of knickknacks. Oh, giraffes got, are got, my got two favorite. Two of them. They're beautiful. They really are.
3: And they're so gentle
4: yes they are they really are they're lovely creatures and i have you know these are all kind of little knickknacks from traveling a lot of them were from when i was in the white house (gasps) i would just try to bring something back just to remember
3: have you've been to israel
4: i have multiple times i have i've been there only only twice Mm -hmm. i want to go back again but there is like there's a little sheep who's made (gasps) of like his little wool is made of little like text of like little pieces of paper cut with a text on them and there's some pottery from an Israeli artist oh yes there's like a whole I want
3: to go you have to take me because in my they asked me no I want to go I have to go Gosh,
4: when the pandemic is over you are gonna go and it's gonna be amazing
3: I hear the hummus is out of this world
4: oh the food there is so good you'll love it
3: okay well we'll be planning that (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much Sarah for for being Uh, here I'm going to hang out with you more. Tara said she forced you to be her friend, and I'm gonna do the same. Oh, so clear please, the schedule. There please. was no forcing. <laughs>
4: there was just total joy. And like, I'm like, I can't believe these fabulous women want to be my friend. Oh, so I let's virtual hang Shabbat
3: out. or in person. You know, once I'm vaccinated, it. honey, I am on that flight please. to DC.
4: Oh my gosh, once we're vaccinated, some Shabbat dinners will have to happen. You have
3: to come to Delaware. You have to come to Rehoboth Beach. Would
4: love that have you it's been just, it's beautiful i you know years ago i went to dewey beach yeah but i have not been to Rehoboth, so I, oh. I would really love pack to the that.
3: pack the bag oh yes pack the bag oh. it's happening <laughs> okay sarah thank you so much
4: oh thank you this was you are a delight and this was a total joy oh, thank I just
3: feel, you i'm so I glad i we're starting the week year. with some with some fun with some joy yes. and and oh. you know communal discussion with some yes. with powerful <laughs> jewish women Love it, love it. <laughs> okay, well, thank you all the honeys for listening. I I understand the day isn't that long. We don't have a lot of time these days, so I'm very appreciative of your time. Thank you for listening, and don't forget that you deserve to be happy. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, Leah, Caitlin, Jamie, Allison. I just named a few random names, and a bunch of you have them. So you deserve to be happy. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And don't forget to cream that neck and keep your fringe fresh. Sarah, do you cream your neck? I
4: don't. Should oh, I? Oh, oh no! Oh we my gosh! Have back okay, up. that's it. That's it. It's, I, I. Wow. This is this the is whole the podcast. This is the call to this?
3: action of the podcast. <laughs> okay, so you have to promise me that from here on out you are gonna cream the neck.
4: I'm gonna do it. Although it your neck important. looks great,
3: so you know if it ain't oh, broke, you, don't fix but it. But
4: no, it's it would be good. Okay, cream my neck. I got it. At night got when it. you
3: do the moisturizer, just. Just oh put God. a little hey. on that neck. That's all I'm ah, asking, Sarah.
4: Good. I'm learning. This okay. is great. I'll thank, do it. I'll thank do it.
3: God we cleared something up here. <laughs> Whew.
4: That was close. That I was like close. I just, I just dodged a bullet. Okay. I'm glad we cleared that. Well, I'm glad, we well, I'm glad you're
3: honest, though. I mean, I don't think I've ever had anybody say no. So, <gasps> really? <laughs> 200 episodes in. I think
4: people are lying. There are people who are not being honest yeah. with you. And I just want to say you're I don't
3: honest. You're so authentically was- you.
4: That was vulnerable. I feel very vulnerable. And but, I did know, not mean to judge. You no. I was shocked. You did not shame me. I felt okay, a lot good. of love in it's that. Empowering.
3: It's empowering. It's empowering to cream yeah. the neck. Our neck deserves I cream. Just, Honestly, nipples does. up. Nipples up. Really? Oh, yeah. <gasps> if you're topless it, or you have a towel around you, take it all the way down. Oh,
4: my goodness. All right. See? You know what? This is good. I'm learning. I like Your this. Your chest okay. deserves
3: a little pampering.
4: It does. It does. i never thought about that. Okay. done
3: we're changing lives here
2: (laughs) (laughs) you are so awesome